Hi, this is Gary Nelson. Welcome to Gaz's Corner Podcast at podcast.gazzascorner.com. We're speaking today with Brian Barrow, a widely recognized project risk management consultant and speaker. He's also the founder of Nova Consulting Limited in the UK. Over the past 20 years, he's worked with project management offices, project directors, and both public and private sector organizations, helping them to improve project planning and rescue troubled projects. He also provides coaching and mentoring to help develop the skills of the next generation of project leaders. Brian is also the author of the Project Planning Workshop Handbook, which has been recently released. He's here with us today to talk about the changing world of project management today. Brian, welcome to Gaz's Corner Podcast. Hi, Gary. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're welcome. So, Brian, um, you've been around for a little while. Uh, tell us a little bit about your background, because it looks to be quite, uh, quite ranging and varied. Yeah, my background um, is really all down to the fact that I, I wouldn't say I have a restless nature, but I just have a, a sense of curiosity. So I started in the telecommunications industry as a telecommunications apprentice, but moved after um, graduation um, over to um, working in supply chain management. And through that and through my, my nerdy side of my love of computing, ended up working in computing first as a business analyst, then working on my first project, which was a complete failure, and then becoming consumed with why projects failed and what made them succeed. And I've ended up working project management ever since. So that's interesting, Brian. Um, now, project failure is often associated with um, a lack of, of planning of, at, the, at the beginning of a project. Um, and one of the things that you really have an emphasis on in, in all of your writings is um, having a considerable amount of time or at least effort invested into uh, project kickoff and, and project planning exercises. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yes, and um, for quite some time, both as my work as a practicing project manager and also as a member of a project management office, I've worked with dozens of project managers in lots and lots of different industries and seen projects at all stages from the very start to the very end. And, and what I've come to realize over the years is that projects that don't have a real focus on what the end goal is right at the start and don't communicate the value of achieving those goals to the team are, are highly unlikely to succeed. And, and the danger for a lot of people is that the work that they do is seen by them as just their day-to-day -day work. So if you work in a data center and you've got some a, a task list to, um, to complete, that's what you'll do. But if you don't know that you're working on a project, if you don't know the value of that project, if you don't know the priority of that project, you may not give it the urgency that you need. And so a lot of what I try and emphasize in my workshops is about teamwork and communications, focusing on a goal, understanding what we need to do to get there, the value of getting there, and then as a team, planning the journey through. Just thinking about project kickoffs again, what would your ideal project kickoff session look like? Well, the ideal project kickoff session for me would be a small group of people between eight and 12, probably no more than that, um, for three to four hours where they spend a bit of time, maybe the first third of that workshop, focusing on the business context, what's going on in the business, why the project is necessary, why we want to do it now, and what we're trying to achieve, just being very, very clear about the target that we need to hit so that as a group, we all come away from that workshop with a clear understanding of what we're trying to achieve. The next thing I'd like to see is some time spent, once we've understood what the goal is, understanding the approach to achieving that goal and making sure that all of the activities, all the concerns, the prerequisites, the constraints, the possible risks, we get those all out on the table so that everyone is clear on other people's perspectives because it's all it's okay for me to understand what I think I need to do but unless I understand what everybody else in the room needs to do and how I can help them or potentially hinder them I won't have a clear understanding of the project 
and finally about commitment. So as a team, once we walk away from that session, um, understanding that we're all committed to that journey, that we're all committed to making that project a reality. Well, thank you, Brian. Um, that sounds uh, quite interesting in, in terms of uh, the focus on, on leadership and, and teamwork and also um, the importance of having a common vision across your team. Now, what would you tell us uh, are some of your most challenging projects? Well, sometimes the most challenging projects aren't the most difficult. It's sometimes that they were in difficult circumstances at the time. So in terms of challenging projects, a couple that spring to mind. Um, one was working probably about five, six years ago and picking up as a project leader on a team. where We had some excellent technical um, software developers, testers and so on. But we were just in a, the team themselves were in a really tight situation. The project was delayed. Um, and they needed a, a new team leader to come on board, a new project manager who could deal with a very demanding client. Um, and my role there was really just the state of the ship, to give people a time to get work done and to try and reset expectations, because sometimes clients can be demanding, and that's fine, having demanding clients. But sometimes we need to let them understand what can be done and what cannot be done, so that their demands are not unreasonable and not excessive um, Within about a week or so, we'd managed to, to calm down what could have been a very fractious situation between the client and the supplier, the company that I worked for, and replace that with a, a relationship that was based on an understanding of the challenges that we had, an understanding of what could be done and could be done quite quickly to improve both confidence and commitment on both sides, and also some quick wins. So sometimes just giving people an understanding of what can be done very quickly and what cannot be done and where we need their help is, is enough to turn a situation around. Another one that springs to mind is a project I've just completed. And this was a company who had um, a good relationship with their client, but they had a, an old IT system that needed to be replaced. They'd had it for something like 10 years and it was it was beyond its time. They were doing lots of manual workarounds to keep the show on the road, but they were told by their, one of their biggest customers that if they didn't replace the IT system by a certain date, they would walk away. And that one client, if they walked away, would turn a profitable business into an unprofitable one. And it would also probably trigger a whole cascade of other clients leaving them. So we had to deliver the projects on time. We understood the technology we wanted to use, but everything was about making sure that we minimized any delays, we maximized the opportunities that we have to deliver quickly, and we focused on some of the quick wins. Um, and I'm pleased to say we didn't, I wouldn't say that we didn't have our hiccups, but we were able to put in a new system. Customers very happy, and it was all about the confidence and the communication between the team members and between the supply partners. All right, thank you, Brian. Um, now, it seems to me in listening to those, those challenging projects that there was a lot of risk associated with um, a variety of those different projects, and that's one of the things you frequently write about and, uh, and also to coach and teach about is the risk management planning. Um, how did that factor into those projects, or, or did you develop your risk management approach out of those projects? No, my, uh, my main concern about risk management was um, was spurred on in a real way um, some years ago um, by a publication by the British Computer Society and they wrote a paper with the Royal Academy of Engineering called The Challenges of Complex IT Projects. It's still available on PDF through the BCS website. And in the section on risk management, um, there was a quote that always stayed in my mind that said, risk management is essential to on-time project delivery. Unfortunately, for the most part, risk management only plays a part in the project at the very beginning and doesn't become used at the end until something goes wrong. And in the work that I did, particularly with PMOs, 
with both public and private sector companies, I saw a real lack of real um, risk management. I saw a lot of risk logging, a lot of people listing risks, but not enough action. And so my methods are really about getting people to focus just on the top 10 risks and working to eliminate those before they become issues. And if we can start with the top 10, the biggest risks to the project, and then get those off the, off the list, then get to the next 10, pretty quickly within a, a matter of weeks or months, we can turn what could be a very difficult project, which is full of issues, to a project where we've taken action on the biggest risks. And if we follow that approach, and I've used that successfully many times, sometimes the, the particularly around schedule risk, the schedule risk can go from a matter of five to six months down to a matter of a couple of weeks or even days. So we focus on real risk management, taking action on risk rather than writing about it. We can we can um, tame really, really difficult project schedules. So breaking the risks down into digestible chunks, as I suppose is one way to put that, um, sounds very practical. Um, now speaking about practical, uh, you've recently published uh, a new book, the Project Planning Workshop Handbook, that I understand uses your index card planning method. Can you tell us a bit about that? I've written a number of manuscripts, but this is the first book on project management I've actually published. I still have my book on project risk management, which I'm hoping to issue later this year. But right now, and the reason why I focused on project planning is because at last I've seen something that really works to help people at the start of a project get that project off to the best start possible. So it's based on what I call the index card planning method. And this is in some ways a spin on planning with uh, with sticky notes. And, and I will say before I say anything further, I am a great fan of sticky notes. And I have to say that because in an audience that I at a speaking event a short while ago, I had someone from 3M, the makers of the post-it note, in the audience. And I had to be very clear that although <laughs> I love... Yeah, it's a true story. Although I, I am a great fan of sticky notes, I, I buy them by the bunch, I use them all the time. For project planning, they're not ideal. There are a number of what things that we can do better. So the idea of planning with index cards is about using cards which we place on a table, on a, you know, a large meeting table, maybe suits uh, 12 to 16 people. The cards are best off when they're pre-printed. So if you know what artifacts, what deliverables you may, you may want to use in your project, you can pre-print them and you can save time spent writing and maximize time spent thinking and planning. And the good thing about index card planning is when you start to lay cards on the table showing how you're going to move from the goal down to the key milestones down to the tangible work products, you can really focus on the work that you're going to do. And that gives everybody the opportunity to see the plan unfold as they plan it as a team. And I'm really passionate about the idea and spent about six months or so working with a major bank here in the UK rolling this out across uh, across their team and we got some really great results time after time. So Brian, can you tell us what the origin of the index card planning was and, and I guess how it how it differs from the post-it note planning? Well I, I wouldn't say that I, I initiated the idea of planning with index cards, but I have developed it um, from its early origins. And I first came across it when I worked for a major UK bank and we were rolling out mandatory project kickoff workshops across the whole um, across the whole organization and I was one of the facilitators involved in that and I, it was introduced to me as an alternative to planning with sticky notes but I took one look at it and I saw just in that moment a number of ways that this could really really work so rather than just having another another form index cards that you write on rather than sticky notes I thought well hang on what if we were to pre-print the names of product art project artifacts 
instead of just having the name, why don't we have the description on the back? Instead of having them all in one colour, why don't we use different colours? If we know what the colours are, and we know what the names are, we know probably who's going to, to write them, to work on them. So I could see all different ways that we could, we could take this index card planning concept and embed, as well as good planning, good communication, um, good projects compliance with, let's say, standards and, and guidelines within the organisation. We could embed risk management, we could embed governance. All of these things could be added to that basic process, that basic concept of planning with cards. And that's what I've, that I've turned this into. So it's a step-by-step system for systematically identifying a project goal and then working through how to achieve that goal. Firstly, looking at milestones and then looking at the, the detailed work and then looking at phases of delivery. Okay. So are there um, some kinds of projects that might not be suitable for index card planning, or does it apply to all kinds of projects? Well, I don't think there are any projects that can't be planned using index card planning. The the whole aim of the approach is to shape a project to understand whether it's viable, and if so, to produce a high-level plan and that all of the stakeholders can agree on, and then to plan the project in detail. Now, if you've got lots of intangibles, then maybe that's something that's going to be more difficult but if we think about a project in terms of a goal, some milestones on the route to that goal, and some work to achieve the milestones, then anything could be planned with index card planning. So is the index card planning model more suited towards the upfront planning in a project, or could you possibly use it for rescuing a troubled project? I think more for upfront planning of a project. There's no reason why you couldn't use it for rescuing the project, but I think there is a danger that if you use it for trying to rescue something, unless you're doing a, we're going to stop here, put the project into exception, and then replan it, which is a good way, there is a danger that we, people can spend a lot of time looking at what went wrong. When I facilitate an index card planning workshop, the focus is very much on what we're going to do now to achieve the project. It's, it's a lot less around things like lessons learned or what we did last time, because what we want to have is a spirit of being forward-looking and positive And so one of the things I emphasize in starting off a project planning workshop using index card planning is we shouldn't try and use this to do lessons learned for the previous effort or the previous phase. Okay. Um, So, Brian, um, your your book has just recently become available. Um, Can you tell us a bit about uh, how people can get hold of your book? Is um, Is it an e-book? Is it a paperback? The book will be available from my website, that's brianbarrow.com forward slash handbook. I'm making it available in three packages, so at the basic level you can buy the handbook, and that is a step-by-step system for organising and running project kickoff workshops using the index card planning methods. I've also um, bundled that with a number of checklists, so if you wanted to have the, the book itself, the handbook, plus some checklists to help organise and, and go through the steps themselves, that also works. And I know for a fact that that works very well. I had someone who I used to work with who was a young project manager who called me up and said, um, I'm starting a project quite soon and, and someone advised me to use your index card planning method, but um, I wonder if you can help. And it turned out he was holding the project kickoff workshop the very next morning. And this was at 4.30 in the afternoon. So I, I devised a number of checklists then sent them to him that evening. And I didn't hear anything from him for about a week or so. But when I finally called him up and said, how did it go? He said, yeah, perfect. You know, it worked really, really well. So I know that the handbook itself, a set of checklists, that will give most people all they need. 
But for those people who want to take it to the next level, I've got a complete digital edition. That includes the book in EPUB, Mobi, and PDF formats. It includes checklists for organizing, for running, and for following up on the workshop. And it includes templates, including a template for printing out all of the index cards. And that's about 150 different artifacts. So for someone who wanted to organize a workshop sometime very soon and wanted to use pre-printed index cards, download it and away they go. That sounds great. All right. So um, you also do consulting on, on project management and risk management. So how can people get a hold of you for uh, you know, to talk about your consulting work or, or for your books? Yeah, probably the best place to get hold of me is um, at brianbarrow.com. So uh, I've got a website there. I've also got uh, another website called Index Card Planning, but I'll probably redirect that so that everything goes to my new website, brianbarrow.com. That's where all of my articles are on project management, on risk management, on leadership. It's also where I've got links to the handbook and also to the other guys that I'm now working on. So the next guide probably is something which is a subject very close to my heart, which is about the parallels that we can draw between projects management and American football, my favorite sport. So I'll be writing a book which is really about the, the essential project management disciplines that we can learn from American football to help us manage our projects better. Right, and, and that's American football from the UK perspective, I imagine. No, American football from an American perspective. Ah. I have... <laughs> yep, I have been a, I've been a big fan of, don't get me started, I've been a big fan of American football since Channel 4 here in the UK started broadcasting, I believe in 1982. I'm a Washington fan, always have been, probably always will be. And um, for me, the American football season is a 16-week, um, it's a 16-week refresher course on project management with optional extras, which are the, the playoffs and the Super Bowl. Um, I never miss it, I never miss a single, um, a single Super Bowl. Oh, that sounds great. Um, this looks like a, it's going to be a very interesting book, and I'm also, of course, looking forward to reading your handbook. Um, so thank you, Brian, and uh, thanks for being with us today. Um, Brian, for all the, all the listeners out there, also publishes the Project Leadership Tips newsletter every month, and you can also subscribe to that at brianbarrow.com. Um, thank you for your time today, Brian, and for being in Gaz's Corner. Thank you, Gary. It's been a pleasure. All right. Thank you.